This episode was brought to you by Good Episode Productions. And if you want a refund, it's too late. We already have your credit card information. I've been doing tricks and treats for my entire life, so... I have never done it. <laughs> what? You've never tricked? No. You never tricked or treated? I mean, that's, I did. I did both rare. trick and treat, but not, like, as a Halloween thing. Ah. What was the trick? Uh, the, what? <laughs> Let's... The greatest trick. trying to think about level. what... The, I think the greatest trick I have ever pulled was... Uh, make an entire discord server like be aware of the instagram page success pictures that was a pretty good trick because mm. now That's... it's just like really in in the zeitgeist you know yeah <laughs> i'm not sure if that was even a trick because you know what success I, actually it was a treat yeah it yeah it was a treat because success pictures teaches me not only to not trust women mm-hmm. which, you which is a good moral yes, lesson women be shopping. but also to prioritize um the grind yeah but I, there is also a success um, <laughs> picture that is about like how women have it that much harder because they have so there's like a hurdle course and success guy has like a or no it's not a hurdle course it's like a, a running course right and mm-hmm. um yeah. success guy has no hurdles and for success girl it's like mm, an ironing board and there's like a <laughs> washing machine and uh what are the womanly tasks are there <laughs> Uh, having a having child, a child that's yeah. just a baby um, but this is what, what real, i was gonna say is, yeah this is how this is how i roll right you think i'm tricking you but i'm actually i'm actually treating you to uh an enrichment of your life so mm. you're, you've told me that i just need to work harder and well, get, on, get, mm-hmm. get rid of my friends who keep trying to strangle me with their yeah. snake arms Success pictures <laughs> did tell me that if I'm surrounded by clowns, maybe I should ask why I keep going to the circus, which is a very good point. <laughs> so then I stopped going go to, to the, the circus, circus as much. You like it? I do like the circus. <laughs> <laughs> You're surrounded by clowns because you choose to be. I'm surrounded yeah, right. by that's, clowns that's because why would I not want to be surrounded by clowns? Mm. Exactly. I would love to be like uh just just in close physical proximity to clowns like all the time i think that would be great just going into uh, the circus and everyone puts their keys in a bowl and the clowns come yeah, exactly <laughs> you, you can change which clown you get to go home with oh i love that um, imagine lying on a massage bed and there's like four clowns all like massaging you <laughs> God, <that's laughs> i so don't good. want Damn. to <laughs> two clowns giving you a foot massage but, but it's instead the ideal of, situation um, Instead of instead of like massage oil, that's just it's just custard pies that they're rubbing into you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just seltzer. Yeah. No, but I think I think George, you're also just like buying into the anti clown propaganda. I, yeah. I'm not buying into anything, my friend. I'm truly oh, self actualized. <laughs> are you an independent? George is immune to propaganda. Of, uh, are you a, Are you yeah. an epic atheist? I love love. Are you a rational? It's just chemicals in the brain. Have you started your mm. YouTube channel, um, Rational Welsh Man? <laughs> yeah, I'm not Welsh. <laughs> that, that doesn't matter. Rational Dorset. You can, I think you can claim Welsh identity if you start to rational YouTube. Like, because fucking Sargon of Akkad isn't actually a Persian. <laughs> no, he's from fucking Swindon. <laughs> he likes to think he's a Persian. Did I ever tell you about how, um, once in my ancient Assyria class, we had to um, listen to a recording of this particular tablet and of the Anumalish, 
and it was narrated by uh, Sargon of Akkad, the YouTube link that my lecturer sent us. <laughs> I remember yeah. you telling me when it happened. Um, yeah, that was a bad... Because I was, I was just listening, because it was a different YouTube channel, and I was listening to it, and I was like, this voice is very familiar. <laughs> that guy's voice is also just like... like I, I just can't imagine... I mean, people stopped enjoying Sargon of Akkad probably like after his... Uh, the UKIP disaster, but mm. like that was very funny. <laughs> a classic moment. A classic moment, but mm. like even before that, like back when he actually had like a following, I was still like, how is anyone able to enjoy this? How is like what what pleasure do people get out of listening to the most condescending dude on earth talk in like? Because they, but it's because they agree with him, so they mm. get to feel as condescending. Yeah. They're, they're, power trip. they're with him while he's uh, destroying the females. He's destroying feminazis. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, to like be fair, to be fair, the feminazis do need to be destroyed. I mean, what's what's next? Now, next, I'm not even allowed to uh, fucking play football, and the feminazis are gonna take that away from me. Uh, or are they gonna force to put women into my football team? What's next? Feminazis are gonna ban <laughs> knives. I'd like to imagine. I'd like you to imagine me standing on the football pitch, just holding the football, and then I stab it with a knife, and the football just like sadly <laughs> <Yes>. deflates. <laughs> can't that's do that. That's and that's feminism, baby. <laughs> it's me running onto the pitch and grabbing the ball with my bare hands and running between all the players, going na na na. Come, come and get it, boys. Um, what if it, I just fight going football? downhill? Where, uh, where like Lucy from from not not our Lucy, but from uh, from Peanuts Lucy was holding that football. Oh, right. yeah. And when when the when the epic man of Charlie Brown was running towards it, she just she she the evil feminazi was pulling it away, and that's what feminazis are doing to my sports that that's I a, enjoy watching. If you think watching. about it, if you think about it, that was the first um, feminist terror attack, and it's only yeah. escalated since then. <laughs> <laughs> that was indoctrination. Yeah, exactly. Um, and now, what do we have? Women running onto football <laughs> pitches and picking up the ball with their hands. <laughs> Every time I watch a football game, <laughs> women. What are they about? Are we talking about American football or British football? I was talking oh, about British both. football, but real, um, real football. British. We all call football football. Is the thing. Yeah, actual yeah. football where you use your feet and not just for running. Yeah, I mean the Charlie Brown thing is American, but uh, I think it would work just as well with proper football. It works. Yeah. It works better for proper football because you can't touch that one uh-huh. unless you have special goalie gloves. Mm. <laughs> Mm. Maybe you, what they should if do if you right, kill the goalie like, and steal his gloves. poison on the ball, <laughs> <laughs> then no one would handball. If they just cover the ball in like acid, and because the goalie's got gloves, it was very funny. The last time I was in a restaurant type establishment, there was a football game on, uh, and it was in in Fürth, which is the the city the Henry Kissinger is from coincidentally and the 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 yeah, shitty field football team was playing against Hamburg and uh, Henry Kissinger is a known liker of the shitty field football team one of the worst football teams in the world anyway they were like but every we realized realized at one point that every single other person in that restaurant was watching the tv screen with the field football team playing mm-hmm 
And it was very tense because it was like zero zero for like eighty minutes. I love sports. And then Fürth scored a goal, and then everyone was like cheering. But then, then they were very upset because uh, they the, the the goal was not a goal. Like it didn't it didn't count because they oh, very clearly it touched happens. it with their hand. They showed mm-hmm. it on video footage, but they were so upset about this ruling. <laughs> like, I bet, I bet it, it was I they had no woman. grounds on being upset about <laughs> this ruling because it was very obvious on the video footage. But they were still like, no, yeah. it's the referee's fault. Yeah, but you know when the ref is, like, fucking up and you're like, boo, kill the ref. It's so upsetting, honestly, that the referee is always mean to my team that I like, but (laughs) doesn't see the obvious fouls that the other bad team is doing to my good team. And that's why my team always loses. It is fucked up that the referee in football isn't allowed to see a replay, um, unlike in rugby (laughs) where they can show you the replay. But in football, they just have to, like, decide... I think that's messed up. Yeah, because rugby's good and football's bad. Rugby is good. Yeah, <laughs> Look, the players are game. not. The sure, players are terrible. Sure, it brain damages the people who play it, and a lot of the people who play it are awful. But <laughs> Look, we love that sport about of kings. Sport we never are big himbos, <laughs> like evil, chaotic evil himbos who just like run up and down yeah. a field like beating the shit out of each other listen i'd never talk to someone who makes a big deal out of playing rugby you know but i would watch it <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> i liked when i went to see like a it was like the bristol rugby team versus the cornish one like one of the cornish ones and like just those men are so fucking large yeah like, i mean i knew they were large big lads but like I got that one of the Cornish players was like seven foot tall and <laughs> built like the Hulk. <laughs> and I was just looking at him like, okay. <laughs> at my tiny rural primary school, for some reason, we had this like semi professional ex rugby player come in all the time and teach us rugby. Um, and I don't know this for certain, but I'm convinced it was community <laughs> service. <laughs> but the, the, because he was very weird but the thing was because he taught us like once a week um and he taught all the classes my school even though it was tiny had like the best rugby players in the entire like country at primary school <laughs> level so we we like won all these massive championships and then they all went into my secondary school and then they became the rugby team of my secondary school and we just became really really good at rugby as a school because of this one Damn. guy see that's that's nice. I tried to start a women's rugby team at my secondary school and I was shut down because they told me that if we played, they were proper like stand-up citizens because they were like no feminazi if oh, women right. so play a good rugby. A good school. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, they were like, no, because if women play rugby, it will damage their reproductive organs. They said that to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was 12. That, that I was like, happen I just... to men playing rugby. I'm just like at least my reproductive organs are inside my body. Where, but Lucy, your your like, sacred I... womb might have been damaged by the rugby. <laughs> you couldn't I fulfill your entire purpose by the rugby in life if, if you played rugby. <laughs> but is this always the thing about the jock bullies be, uh, bullying the nerd yeah. kids? Right. This never yeah. happened to me, but you mm-hmm. know, you know who did actually bully me was our shitty sports teacher who had like. 
Yeah, um, that sounds right. He had so much joy in like bullying the kids who weren't good at sports, like in ways that I don't get how that was allowed. <laughs> that sports teacher. Yeah, I think did. that's a lot of PE teachers. Seems yeah. like a lot of teachers. Some of my teachers were fucking evil. <laughs> There's like so much anti-jock propaganda in media and not enough anti-teacher propaganda. <laughs> so let's, you know, let's turn the energy of like hating the player towards hating the game, which is um, the, no, the teachers existing. No, it's going from hating the player to hating the coach. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. This is, <laughs> I've said this before on Twitter where people are like... Um, all, all gay kids used to have a crush on their English teacher when they were in school, and it's like, no. No. It's fucked up. Fuck teachers. English teacher, my, like, English teacher that everybody loved was fucking horrible to me. And I don't think it's because she was homophobic, but I could certainly claim that. English teachers I are all terrible. <laughs> the only English teacher I've ever liked was a gay man who left to go to London, uh-huh. in his own words, to watch theatre and drink wine. Um, have you ever had a, an English teacher <laughs> yeah, who said that they w- were inspired by uh, that poet society and like jumped on the table and shit? Literally never. <laughs> That's pretty. It did, it did happen to me. It was awful. None of my English teachers either a knew how to do English, b gave a shit. <laughs> do you, are you not a fan? Are you not a fan of blanket statements being applied to the upbringings of LGBTQ people, Charlotte? The thing is that they <laughs> like can't drive thing. and they can't. Is, is it they can't? They, they can't, can't do maths. maths. They can't. Can do you maths. drive? But here we have on this same. podcast two bisexuals, one of whom can drive <laughs> and one of whom can do maths. Hell yeah! Damn. This is representation, baby. <laughs> Stereotypes busted. Oh my god! <laughs> That's what we bring to you here on this podcast. Okay, we're clapping now. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, Stereotype Busters. I was gonna say I do, I do am glad about the gays can't drive cliche because um, I can't drive, so I'm like every time it comes up, I'm like, okay, I'm not the only person who can't drive on the internet because apparently a lot of people <laughs> claim that it's you and the gays. Exactly, <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't drive. It's it's true that I can't drive, but that's because I have obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh huh. <laughs> Um, I, I can't so drive because of my first drive. uh, driving test. I like almost died. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm simply a good driver. So well, then you I... can drive me places. Isn't that nice? Well, I would have to be able to afford and keep affording a car. Exactly. So what's the point year. in learning? <laughs> That's the other thing, right? Like it after seems... I failed twice on my driving test, I became the joker and was like, well, I I go to university <laughs> in a city where like it's impossible to have a car. Uh there's yeah, like yeah. no parking. <laughs> Everyone is yeah, live everywhere in a I've lived. It's a- and also yeah. like, you know, I Cars won't be evil, able man. to afford a car like ever. <laughs> so No. And, like, it's, like, first of all, nowhere I've ever, ever lived would be a good place to have a car. Yeah. Second of all, public transport links in the places I've lived have been fine or everything's in walking distance. Mm. And third, like, just the insurance mm-hmm. for me, like, yeah. would be almost worth more than the car, like, every yeah. year. To me, exactly. just having to figure out how that insurance shit works is, like already too no much idea. to think about or too much to look into that i'm like you know it's what gambling. i'm good they're just gambling on you essentially 
but they always win because you keep having to pay them. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to live in constant fear of like sitting behind the wheel and you know having to pay constant attention to the road or otherwise I'll die. Like that's not fun to me. I I do much rather sit in a train or a bus where I can just read. Like yeah, because if I have to drive, then I have to be alert yeah. the entire time. And yeah, I'm a good driver, but I'm a nervous, very nervous driver. <laughs> While I'm driving, I'm because I'm cautious. While I'm driving, my brain will be like, "What if you just turn the steering wheel really hard and hit that car?" And I'll be like, "I don't want to yeah. do that." And my brain will be like, "But what if you did though? What if you did that? Wouldn't that be fucked up? What if you did that?" And I just don't want to have to <laughs> oh, deal with that. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember driving home at night. One of my friends was driving me home back at home, uh, like where I come from, and he he drives used to drive much more like a maniac and. Mm. Uh, I was like, dude, you've got to stay in your lane. Why are you drifting over like on every corner and cutting the corners? He's like, oh, the bit in the middle is called the racing line. You follow it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? It's like 10 o'clock at night <laughs> and it's dark. I would never. In a small country oh my God, lane. I would not. <laughs> I get so scared of those country lanes because my I dad the worst drive too fast and throw the car around too much and I'm just there like we're going to hit a car at 90 miles an hour and you're going to kill every single one of us nope. we are not in a rush his friend yeah. his friend was even Slow worse down. <laughs> they, they literally went like 90 at one point on, on, a, on a country lane mm, and I, I've painful. never been so never been so stiff not, a, yeah. not in an aroused way <laughs> yeah my, my dad will drive on two pints it's fine it's fine um, yeah, yeah my dad does that. Cool. Yeah, dads, dads can do that. It's their right. <laughs> <laughs> Dad so, writes it. Dads have a dad different um, limit. Like if you, if someone stops you and they're like, are you, are you over the limit, sir? And if they pull out their wallet and they've got a picture of their kids, they're like, understood, carry on. Have a nice night. <laughs> Never mind, sir. Yeah. <laughs> my dad doesn't have a different limit, I don't think. He's just, oh, no, you just but... never go to therapy, so... <laughs> Okay, Should let's start the fuck. <laughs> hey, let's start the I don't know why I'm like revealing dark secrets about my life so readily on this particular recording. I think most people's dads um, could probably use therapy. It's time. Podcasting is about just revealing intimate personal details for the public to know. It's like, um, but it's like yeah. stuff Anybody I wouldn't tell like actually people in real life, but if like. Yeah. About a hundred people are going to hear that. I'm fine with that. A <laughs> hundred of our slovenly minions whom whomst we, we lord over with mighty yes. care. Mm-hmm. That's us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they, they okay, love us, I'm, the weasels. I'm entering I'm entering the podcast now. Are you ready? Okay. Yep. Okay. <laughs> are you gonna interrupt me again? Of course I am. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'm just I'm just gonna let it happen. It's hello, hello, chuckle fucks. Ah, been interrupted. This was so unexpected. Welcome to the Romaniacs. Welcome to the Romaniacs. <laughs> hello, they changed their name. Binky, there is something I must do. Maybe sometime I'll go home. Why do things have to be the way they are? How do humans forget? I remember everything. Oh, I've seen the infinite. 
you're sad and when you're lonely and you haven't got a friend just remember that death is not the end and all that you held sacred falls down and does not mend just remember that death is not the And welcome to Who Watches the Watch, a Discord reread slash rewatch podcast hosted by four people who are maybe too charismatic and too likable. Um, yeah. I'm your host, Charlotte, and, you know, I've just got a sparkling personality. <laughs> Hi, I'm your host, Lucy, and back in my day, you got arrested just for being English, both ways. <laughs> Was that in 1984? Hi, I'm mm-hmm. I'm Janos, and I am feeling especially alive on this day. Hello, I'm I'm George, and I have a stagnant personality. And what you hear are the mosquito larvae living living in within my stagnant water pool <laughs> of a personality. <laughs> Hello to them. It's your hive mind. Uh, <laughs> they're just piloting him around. Um, Look, I have never met George, so you can like tell me that he's actually like a swarm of mosquitoes, and I will believe that. Yeah, it's that's like sort of how he looks. Yeah. It's like the movie Ratatouille, but instead of one rat, it's a swarm of mosquitoes. Uh-huh. <laughs> you all, you all I did like pulling his because I I see George has a lot of hair, because so I could could like imagine yeah, like them all say. pulling their his hair strings individually. I was going to say, yeah. I just always assumed that George's hair was like a sentient mushroom that was piloting his body around. <laughs> Damn, people, I used to get bullied and call a mushroom when I was a kid. Oh, I'm sorry. I bad hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. George, you've got so sorry. Hair. We like oh, no, hair. it was bad then. <laughs> this is a George's hair appreciation podcast. It's thick Hell and yeah. luscious. Mm-hmm. Um, long and lustrous and the longest on this podcast now yeah the longest hair well done george pivoting Um, to a hair podcast we're really destroying stereotypes (laughs) yeah i'm i'm a straight man and i have some uh, clothing which isn't gray that's so brave of you george have you ever thought of painting your fingernails (laughs) um actually no because that's actually the bravest (laughs) thing a straight man can do i'm Uh i'm I'm queering heterosexuality. Yeah. <laughs> I'm queering heterosexuality by just being a complete asshole all the time. Um, <laughs> I, may be, I may be cis, but I'm cis in a slightly different way. Yeah. I, I I'm know. saying slurs all the time, which is queering heterosexuality. <laughs> queering heterosexuality by having a heterosexual relationship, but being weird about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not but just a, really I'm freaking not people out. <laughs> Not afraid to say the F slur, uh, but yeah. in, like a, in like a friendly way. Yeah. Which is definitely appreciated by everyone. Yeah. As is your yeah, right. Everybody loves it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if people tell you to stop, you should tell them that they're oppressing you as a queer straight person. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're calling George the heterosexual dance savage. <laughs> 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 they're calling George heterosexual slurs like... um. Uh, Breeder, yeah. Breeder. Pussy fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the thing? 
<laughs> it no. could be. What if we just invent slurs? Um, <laughs> we do need more slurs. Okay, what's what's another good slur for hats? Um, 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 no, normies. Oh, no, that's just too generic. That's just thing, normie. Yeah. Um, 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 <laughs> ma- uh, Marion. Marriage. We, we could say we could say hat, but like in a very uh, aggressive voice. I think that could work. Like in the same way, turf can be a slur. Oh, Is yeah. it Hetty? We call you like a Hetty. All right, Hetty. Yeah. But then Hattie. I just sound like an Edwardian yeah. child. <laughs> I know. <laughs> a bunch of people on TikTok were doing this, and I don't endorse this one because it was a bunch of straight people watching like gay talks and vi- gay TikToks and being like, "Oh my god, I'm such a stragger," and I'm there like, "Nah." Mm. What's a what's? Not sure about that one, Chief. What, what's that word? <laughs> I've never heard well, that word. Well, so if you have the F slur, right? Yes. But then you're straight. Oh, no. You're a straggart. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, so bad. <laughs> I know. I know. Like, think you no, should do that. That's what like that the, the, There's <laughs> no, also the different one that is like for the the the, the N-word, but you start oh, with yeah. a W for being white. Like, that's also... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not it's good. Kind it's kind of bad. not great. Hey, but I was I mean, going to suggest listen, something else. We have a lot for, of fun on this podcast. Let, let, me, just, let me just hit you uh, a new vein for, for slurs because I know that British people uh, like to call their food slurs. So yeah, I think we could, exactly. like, we could like reverse that and like uh, if we want to come up with slurs for heterosexuals, we could like call them, I don't Chips. know, crisps. 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 <laughs> I'm quite sulky. I to had be lunch honest. with a bunch of crisps today. I ate lots of crisps last night. Mm, Ooh, all right. Straight people love crisps. <laughs> this is this is an insane progress. Okay, um, hello everyone. <laughs> uh, this week we're talking about um, the book Reaper Man, which is the I think eleventh in the Discworld series. Yes, um, it is. It is a death book, and we read the first third. Pretty good, I thought. Pretty good. Very good. It's a good book. Yeah. yeah, I think we're going to have right, a lot that's of fun. The this has been book discussion, well, yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Here's, here's my review of it. If you're an established fan, you'll enjoy this as much as the others. Mm-hmm. If you're new to Pratchett, yes. what the hell took you so long? That's what I'd say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds exactly like the sort of thing you could put on the cover. If this is the first episode you're listening because you, I don't know, you found us through some recommendation but you have you have never actually read uh a discord book and you also like don't know who we are so why the fuck are you even listening but i'm very glad you do <laughs> but you should and if if you were like you're just listening to this uh wanting to know if this is a good introduction to discord i'm gonna say yes because this was one of my f- one of the say... first i ever read yeah mm. this yeah, seems this to be the first one I read. a lot of people started with it's because the cover is just cool as fuck yeah. It's a damn good it cover. Cool. It's, it's for once in some fresh threads. Yeah. For once, Josh Kirby didn't get like any chance to be horny for this cover, and it paid off. Mm. <laughs> it paid <laughs> off. Death's on there. There's a big field. It's fucking cool. I want to eat that cheese. It's, I have this in my desktop good. background. The like full image of this. It's so good. I feel like I feel like Josh Kirby somehow invented the. Um, it reminds me very much of like the lo-fi hip hop beats to chill. Uh, slash study relax too. <laughs> okay. Um, but like of really? Discworld. Yeah. It gives me those okay. vibes. Okay, elaborate, please. I get the same feeling of, of like being cozy <laughs> and relaxed by looking at this cover. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
mostly Lo-fi because five Josh Kirby just illustrations to chill and relax to. Yeah. yeah, someone someone do that for us. Like uh I don't know, start a YouTube channel that does the same lo-fi beats but it, instead it has this image and maybe there's like some bone sounds on it sometimes that it's spooky mm. that would be pretty cool if it was just like bone xylophone the entire time yeah. i would like that yeah 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 so just should i do a quick summary skeletons. uh should we do yeah. like goodread stuff first because there's um i didn't is there a are we doing shame of the wind yeah do if we... i find is me. there one? Oh, the man okay because i I didn't look up Goodreads for this week, but I do have one caller question that I saw. Okay, good. We um, can but also I can, do that. I can pull up... I can do a cursory Goodreads now. <laughs> I'm just going to do Shame of the Wind real quick, because there is a Patrick Rothfuss review of this, but it's also a review of Witches Abroad, uh, because he reviewed the, the Discworld two-book set, Witches Abroad and Reaper Man. Interesting. Why and he gave it like five that, stars. Patrick? And he says... This review is called Discord 2 Book Set, which is Abroad and Reaper Man. Whenever I'm having a rough time in my life, I read a Terry Pratchett novel. It helps me remember that the world is a pretty nice place to live and that people are basically no. good inside. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing is easy for me to forget sometimes. And the fact that Pratchett manages to remind me in every one of his books is why he's a brilliant author. Better than I will ever be. I agree with the last sentence. That's true. <laughs> You're onto something there. <laughs> When I read Sorcery, I was like, this really reminded me that people are good and that the world is a good place to be in. Uh-huh. <laughs> who, uh, couldn't, who couldn't think warmly on the, 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 the box with loads of legs getting horny and going into the desert because it's yeah. too horny? Mm. And I'm, when I, read, when I read Eric, glad to be alive. When I read Eric, I was like, this is a moral code I should follow. Yeah. That's yeah. how good this makes me feel about society. When I read <laughs> Weird Sisters and I was like, reading that part where... Um, you know, Lady Felmet is like confronted with her own like evilness, and Granny says this is going to destroy her to see how evil she is, and but she actually just likes it. That reminded me, hey, humans are good on the inside. <laughs> apart, from, <laughs> apart from when they're sometimes really not. <laughs> apart from the bad ones, those ones are bad, but the good ones, they're pretty good. Yeah, when I read pyramids and philosophy. I think. <laughs> I read all the stuff that Dios was up to. I was like, hey, yeah, finally some good in humanity. <laughs> Faith in humanity restored. <laughs> what the fuck is Patrick going on here? Like, how can you misunderstand then your favorite author's work so hard? <laughs> I think there is, like, something to be said about Pratchett's books being like, you know, there's always some good, but I don't think it's saying everyone is good. I don't know. It says that one time. <laughs> That's a very non Terry Pratchett type uh, thing to say. CMOT Dib Dibbler is like always like not bad necessarily, but certainly not a bastion of like humanity's kindness. Yeah. <laughs> no, like he's not evil, but he's just like well, you know. So he's a he's a capitalist and he's out for himself. And mm. yeah, oh, I think Terry Pratchett would be very suspicious of people who appear to be the bastion of good for the most part. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there is a baseline of humanism to most of his novels, but like, as, <laughs> as, as, uh -huh. as a, yeah, bring bringing that back to some early early series classics. Uh huh. Um, but but also that doesn't mean like. You can make blanket statements about whether people are basically this thing or the other thing. Mm. 
The Terry Pratchett mm. philosophy is that everyone has the potential to do really bad things or really good things, like at all times. Mm. Which is true, yeah. <laughs> I think people are complicated. That's that's the the blankets. Yeah, and also their punchline. <laughs> that is true. Mm-hmm. People are complicated unless they're Nigel. <laughs> people are complicated, but if you're Nigel, then you're also complicated, but people just don't understand you and they don't appreciate you as a classic character, which they should. I mean, he's kind of complicated in that he's like skinny. But he's also horny. <laughs> you can't you can't be you can't be horny when you're skinny. Mm, that's Both, true. Can you be skinny and horny? He has a Should I should I make a Twitter poll? <laughs> Please. Okay. It's gonna make no sense before the episode goes up, so you have to make it right now. So Yeah, do it now. I'm just gonna do it on my normal Twitter. Can you be skinny and <laughs> No, you have to do it on podcast Twitter. <laughs> okay. This is this is today's this is this is our new segment uh theme corner where we have to we talk about like some of the um, uh, core themes of Terry Pratchett's books. And uh, I think this week's theme is, can you be horny when you're skinny? Yeah, I say um, no. Physiologically no. impossible. <laughs> the horn is stored in the muscle. <laughs> the horn is stored in the chub. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I have quite a beer belly uh, yeah. <laughs> now. And I'm, I'm actually not very horny. <laughs> Okay, I'm putting oh, did, it out to the people. Did you did you bust one before podcasting like we recommend? <laughs> yeah, because we talked about this. It is no fat November though, so maybe you shouldn't. That's true. I am I'm storing my male energies. I'm I'm gonna abstain from thinking about females for, for the month. Mm. I won't even mm-hmm. talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> Happy no not November, everyone. This is the real thing we should be celebrating. Yeah. Okay, gonna, Which, I'm as we know, it's a dietary restriction. So, <laughs> okay, is that the is that the end of the Patrick Rothfuss review? Yes, people people really do really do come up with ideas like, "Well, this twelfth twelfth of the solar year, I will not come," and then be like, "This is gonna <laughs> this is a good idea and very normal to think." <laughs> <laughs> going to store up my juices for December. Yeah. <laughs> On the 1st of the December, I will make a post about how big my load was. <laughs> the, the Aesop's fable about the ant and the ants and the grasshopper. <laughs> actually about not coming before winter. <laughs> you want to be able to satisfy Santa when he comes down the chimney, so you've got to really store it. Uh-huh. Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just do a quick recap of the first third of yeah. the book, Reaper Man, because we're at forty minutes. What Santa um, wants is that you come in like two seconds because you have not jerked Santa's- it in a month. <laughs> well, because Santa's in a rush; he wants a quickie. Santa loves to talk dirty as well. He's always calling people a hoe. Uh, okay. <laughs> we'll, I, we'll pick this up when we talk about Talk Father. Yeah. He's, he's like really a hog father, father isn't uh-huh. he? <laughs> okay, More like hog father posted cr- hog. Cranking my hog father. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> How is this the horny episode? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't know. We're losing it this early into the episode. <laughs> 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 We're in <the> rancid energy. <laughs> 
Listen, we often say we have rancid energy on this podcast, but this feels very true today. Um, <laughs> it's truly like a bacterial film on top of some, like, raw vinegar. Um, okay, so... <laughs> Reaper Man. Reaper Man starts with... Um, some hooded figures who are the auditors of reality talking to the great big being that controls time, which is called Azrael. And um, they have a discussion, and we're not sure what they're talking about initially, but basically what they've decided is that the death of the Discworld, he's got too much personality and it's time for him to retire and someone else to take over. So they decide that he's got to die. Death wakes up one day, goes looking through his... Um, egg timers and he finds his own um, and realises that he's been declared uh, I guess mortal and that his time is now running out because of this he decides that he's just going to not work anymore, he's just going to go and live his life for as much time as he has left and just really like experience things you know which is cool. Meanwhile at the university, fan favourite character Windle Poons is going to die <laughs> F He got too F. horny he got too horny and now it's time to die. I can't believe we just met him last book and in, in this one he just dies and then we just won't see him ever again. I know, kind Pretty of a sad. waste of a fun fun carry-on character. Um, yeah, so what happens is he says he's going to die and as a wizard he knows the exact time um, and date of his own death, which is what magical people do on the disc. The rest of the wizards throw like a death day party um, for him. He's 130, so he's the oldest wizard in the university. Everyone's sort of a bit awkward waiting for him to die. He dies. But there's no death to collect him on the other side, which is what death traditionally does, is, you know, cut him from the body and send him through. Um, and because death isn't there, he has nowhere else to go. Um, but because he's a strong wizard and he's got like you know, a pretty strong willpower, he's able to put himself back into his dead body. Uh, which the other wizards aren't a big fan of. Uh, he, they don't like it. They don't like it. He comes back to life, basically, as the undead. He's super strong. He is thinking super clearly for the first time in many, many, many years. The, the wizards are distressed by this. The Berza has a bit of a breakdown. Initially, he finds this very distressing. And tries to kill himself by jumping into the river, but he just stays there for a bit before coming back out again, because um, it was boring. The other wizards try and, like, get rid of him through various supernatural defeating means, like using garlic and holy sigils and burying him at the crossroads, none of which really take. Um, while he's been buried at the crossroads, he finds a box of matches and a note on the bottom of the coffin lid that's like, you want a brand new start, even though you're dead and you're depressed, you should come to the Fresh Start Club. And he's like, I will start, you know, living as the dead. Also, he wants to investigate a thing that is happening, which is that everything in the city, and presumably elsewhere, is sort of behaving oddly. Um, objects that are normally static are unscrewing themselves and dancing about, trousers are running around. It's not magic and it's not religion. Um, the patrician wants it to be sorted out, but uh, when he summons all the guild leaders to his meeting, they're like, yeah, we have no idea. There is a funny altercation between the wizards and the um, the priests, in which we informed that Rig Kali's brother is the high priest of Angmorpork, or like mm. the chief priest. Mm. And they have a bit of a chat. They're very chill. 
Um, it's nice. I like it. It's a good, good detail. But what it is basically is that there's so much life energy floating around that it's sort of imbibing itself into everyday objects. Um, another character is introduced, which is Mrs. Cake, who is just like a fun woman who's a medium verging on small. And um, she is aware, <laughs> she's aware that people aren't dying because as a medium, her spirit guide informs her that it's getting very overcrowded there on the, uh, on the other side because there's nowhere for the, for the dead to go. She's renowned throughout the city for being, you know, a nuisance to various religious leaders um, for various reasons. She has a daughter who's a werewolf called Ludmilla, and she's cool. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Meanwhile, uh, our good friend Death uh, it's like I'm gonna get a job. He friend finds, of the pod. yeah, friend of the pod death. Uh, he he goes and he finds a farm which has signs up saying that they need men to work. He goes and introduces himself to the woman who owns the farm. She's the only one there now. She's called Miss Flitworth. She's very shocked to see this this man announce himself and say, "I would like to work for you." He's got a horse. The horse is covered in silver. She's like, "This is a bit weird, but whatever." He's probably on the run from something. He sort of comes up with a fake name with a bit of help, <laughs> which is which is Bill Dor. Classic it's George name. Glass. Yeah, <laughs> George Glass. Yeah, Bill Dor. And he, you know, he takes up the scythe job, but he cuts it one one blade of grass at a time because it's the the only correct way to respect the grass. He makes himself very useful around the farm. He wears some overalls. He's got a hat now. It's very nice. He goes to the pub and he makes friends with the local boys. Uh, they like him because he gets really good at pretending to be bad at darts, but in an amusing way. Yeah. Um, and he also buys them drinks, so he gets he gets to be their friend. Um, he also discovers sleep, which he finds very distressing because his time just sort of disappears. That's a mood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Mrs. Flitwick. Um, Miss Flitworth is a bit like, ooh, here's some milk with cinnamon, but you know, he he's confused. Um, they they have like a, a sort of friendly friendly conversation, um, and that's basically where we are in the book at the moment. I think very nice. It's mostly set up, but it's cool. Oh, one more thing, I've... which is that um, recently a bunch of snow globes have been appearing um, in the cupboard of one CMOT Dibbler, and he's been selling them. Um, but they're very suspicious snow globes that appeared without any reason to appear that we know of so far. And they all say, like, greetings from Ankh-Morpork, but spelled badly on the bottom. So, don't know where that's going to go. I I think it's fine. I think they're just... Um, it's probably nothing. It's just yeah. nice. <laughs> um, I will say that the one of the things in this book that I was reading... I read through this third quicker, I think, than I've read through any of the other books, which I think is because it's good. Like, they're all pretty good, <laughs> but, like... It's I very this, good. This one is maybe the best that I... This one is maybe my favourite so far? I'm not sure. Obviously, I haven't finished well, it. Well, yeah. The, wait for the for the dip in quality that is gonna happen in the second or third and third <laughs> segment where just <laughs> Nigel shows up and just shows his ass for 50 pages. <laughs> they go, Death, we, we've got a new replacement to take over from you and it's just Nigel with a sign. <laughs> Being a barbarian didn't work out, so he's changed career. But, mm-hmm. um... 
I like there was this one part of this book where it was the discussion between the head priest and Rid Cully, and I kind of misread it because I was reading quickly, and he says, like the high priest says, mother's been. Mother says you haven't been writing. And I misread mm. it as your mother. And I was there like, oh my God, is the high priest's stepdad? And I was just like, <laughs> that's very funny to me. For a second, I was just playing out this whole scenario in my head of like, really like... <laughs> hey, by the way, I've been fucking really... your mom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you fuck my mom, high priest. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that but then I reread it because I was like wait what's going on here how do they know each other so I figured it out but it was very funny to me <laughs> I think maybe that should have been what it was uh-huh yeah you guys uh because because we I don't know if this is cut this out if this is like too personal information to reveal about yourself but like you've been applying to a job where you were asked to like as an editor what would you change about the book and you could like submit changing uh, (laughs) changing it just just one change for this entire book and make it your mom Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) just changing all the implications with one word that that would have been so good that would have been great if it's just like him talking to the high priest and the high priest being like Listen, your mother and I miss you. <laughs> so you're not my real dad. <laughs> that would be my one change to this book. I do like them being siblings, though. Like I think that's yeah, that's still pretty fun. It's a fun. That's good dynamic. too. That's good too. But the, it has less comedic shock. But I do respect <laughs> it. It makes sense because I mean, wizards are the eight eight sons of eight sons. So I guess he's got to have like seven yeah. siblings. Um. Mm. Only makes sense that one of them's got a uh, a powerful position as well. Also, like I don't, I don't know. Ritkar is he's he's not a very like he's he's not as old as some other wizards, but he's also like not young. <laughs> no, no, he's like forty, fifty. I'd say fifty, fifty something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get informed that he likes to go jogging a lot around the um around the university, and also he wears like a weird wizard pantsuit thing like yeah, he, a, has a, he has a hat like that a is like suit. uh like fixed to his head but he's still wearing a wizard hat <laughs> yeah um yeah i love the i love that the wizards are now really you know they're really coming they're to really their own the burster is having his like starting to lose his grip to reality which is fun yeah yeah mm. he was like too normal in the last book <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, this isn't the bursar I know and love. Yeah. <laughs> it's Terry, like, what if I completely psychologically destroy someone over the course of some <laughs> But it's just fun. I um I really like the bits in this book which you didn't mention in the summary, but they are only like a couple of paragraphs, which is like the mayflies in the river mm. and the trees yeah. in the forest. Like doing the like back in my day um <laughs> there was a trout here and it's like mayflies who live for a single day and it's like old yeah. mayflies it was like, so much better when there was a mayflies. cow standing in the field these days there's no cow standing <laughs> around anymore at that exact spot it was over there yeah. for ooh, 40 minutes maybe <laughs> Yeah, this is a big terry concept which is that the longer something lives the like the faster time goes for them so mm. 
the perception of time is different depending on like how much of it you get, which is yeah something he uses quite a lot. But it's really good here. I like the counting pines. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> they, they can't perceive days. So they, they never hear the sound of axes, but they just disappear suddenly. <laughs> um, and also they assume that the reason humans cut down trees is because they want to see how old they are. So they just display how old they are on the trunk to stop humans from cutting them down. And immediately destroyed by the uh, ornamental house number. Uh, industry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> that, like especially, especially the Mayfly thing is like something that has been like stuck in my head since like since I first read this book. Like it's such a, <laughs> it's such an evocative little passage. Uh, the other thing that has yeah. been sticking in my mind, not to just jump around <laughs> in the plot, but the other thing that I'm like when I first read this, I was like really struck by, struck by it. I was like, oh, this is such a cool idea. <laughs> And it was the basically the explanation to like zombies are l- disgusting like that because they have to control all their internal organs, but they don't like know how they work. So <laughs> there's the bit about mm-hmm. how well, yeah. can anyone tell me what the spleen does? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. What the hell is a gallbladder? You know, like yeah. <laughs> keeps your gall. It's such a good description of like suddenly having like he's there like stumbled about with a man with the conscience of a man who suddenly understood what free will meant. And it's just <laughs> him being like, Oh my god, I have to breathe and I have to make my heart my heart beat and I have to think and I have to what does a spleen do? Which is this is how I feel about like this is what I think chihuahuas go through, which is why they're so aggressive. <laughs> what? <laughs> why would they do that? I just think I just think, because if you ever look at a chihuahua, right? I would rather not, but go on. Right, me too. Me too. They're very ugly, but their eyes are bulging, right? They look panicked. They're aggressive and they're tiny. And I think it's because their brain is so small now that they're in this state of like zombification where they have to concentrate on making every single one of their organs work. And that's (laughs) why why they're so angry all the time. Why would they have to do that? (laughs) I don't know. It's just how that's just what I think is going on with them. <laughs> there's this there's is, tiny animals okay. that act entirely normal and cute. Yeah, but it's like but hamsters don't like, do that. I mean, but hamsters you know, have always been hamsters. A chihuahua came from the mighty wolf. <laughs> you know that chihuahuas are genetically more similar to wolves than most other dogs. Really? That's yeah, they're like one of the closest to wolves. <laughs> Okay, well, so then maybe that makes even more sense because, you know, they're very similar to wolves, but they have such a tiny head. You can't get all the wolf brain in it, so they have to sacrifice a significant <laughs> amount of wolf brain. Okay. <laughs> Lucy, Dog you're brain. like half a foot taller than me, so do you think this is also uh-huh. how I work, that I just uh, can't impress <laughs> with how, how much smaller I am? So I just have to, like... I'm just panicking to keep my organs working. <laughs> Are you not? <laughs> <laughs> but your but your head is a normal size. Is it? You know? <laughs> Do you know that, Lucy? Do you know that? Yeah. I mean, I've never met you in person, so who's to say? You could be using Photoshop. <laughs> what is a normal sized head? Just like one that's just, on you know, your body, yeah. Yeah, you're in, you're in... Yeah. But like... I, I do think I have a normal size head and brain. Yeah, it's it's that's true. Yeah, 
<laughs> I think my I'm, brain's uh, too big for my skull, and that's why I'm like this. Uh-huh. Okay. So, like, human... <laughs> I know what I mean. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, I, I do really think that this book does a really good job of the jokes... And the joke sections really being very thematically linked to the rest yeah. of the story. Yeah, he's starting Which, to develop so, that here. Like, uh, yeah, I, I already, I think there, there was already some of that in uh, moving pictures that uh, yeah. the jokes are tying were tying were not like random throwaways, but were tying more into the plot. But that was like. Up to the last part where it became like a Lovecraftian horror thing, uh, was like a more lighthearted book. In this one, the, the themes are like more like sharp. So the, the jokes yeah. are also becoming more sharper. <laughs> yeah. The thing I think I didn't really pick up on as much, um, until now when I actually thought about it in a critical sense. Cause normally when I'm reading these, I'm just like, haha, fun book. Mm, but now for you're, the most part. since we, um, since we started this podcast, uh, we have all been developing a big brain. This is why our head is hurting so much now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why my head is now enormous. Yeah. <laughs> um, but th- there really is this sort of... Um, I mean, I'm very obvious, but, you know, there's this very... There's very much this, like, thematic mirroring with Windlepoons and death, where, when, where yeah. Windlepoons is suddenly, like, no longer dying. He suddenly has all these opportunities that he didn't have before, and he's able to, like, experience the world in a different way. Whereas death is able to do that by being given the opportunity by the fact that he's going to die. And so now he's going to die, he's also able to suddenly go out and do things that he wasn't able to do before. And I think yeah. that's just, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty neat, pretty cool. <laughs> and yeah. I like that they're, I like that he's um, reusing Wendell as well. Um, it's good. After introducing him last book. I think it's good that it's like when I when I first read this, it didn't quite click to me that it's the same character. Because like even though I read moving pictures before, so many character names, you know. Mm, uh, so I didn't yeah. quite pick up on that this is a character we're already familiar with. But I think it's interesting to make a character we met already uh, die and uh, mm. turn into mm. a different character basically or the de- grapple with the uh, significance of that i think that's very interesting because he he could just as well have uh have had an entirely new character be the main zombie like that would also yeah. have worked but i think it adds a lot that it's window yeah i'm increasingly having this thing when i listen when i read these books where i'm like um I mean, I know I mention this every time where I'm like, okay, this is a line where he's just like thought of a new book idea. Yeah. Um, (laughs) There was one last book where I thought it was definitely setting up this book, but I'm not going to mention it because it will spoil the ending. Um, Okay, don't. (laughs) But the the one in this book was when they're having the death day party and one of the other characters, I think it's the chair of recent runes, is thinking about how... Oh, no, is it? Or is it the bursar who's like... Would death announce himself like um, the hog father yeah. coming down the chimney? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I um, thought you were gonna go about that. Yeah, yeah, that was that's that's the first mention of the hog father, right? In in this quote, canon. No, it's, it's been Hogswatch Night has Hogswatch Night, like, yes, but the hog father books, but hog father maybe not. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't really know. Yeah, it's pretty good. This book had the like. Like a bunch of lines about Wendell Poons being like, 
every single day takes an age, but multiple uh-huh. days go by so, so fast. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that a lot at the moment. It was very... Yeah. Mood. <laughs> I don't know. Everything I'm, is zipping past. I, I honestly felt mm. felt that much more when I was like... When I first read this book, actually, because I was in school and... Mm. In in school, it's like very much like that because you hate sitting in school, but then at the same yeah. time, the mm-hmm. weeks pass so fast. That'd be fast enough. Yeah, there's a few like relatable moments in this book, like uh, that's one, and then there's the one about sleeping, like because there's two there's two bits about once again, as we said, or as Chess said, very uh, brain geniusly. I'm uh, <laughs> that nobody does critical analysis like this. But as we as we established, Windle and Death are like mirror characters, right? And they both have a scene where they they're trying to fall asleep. And with Windle, it's like uh, you know, lying down. I'm very tired, but I can't sleep. Weird. And that's very relatable. Like I have that a lot. Yeah. Uh, but then at the same time, with Death, it's like sleeping for the first time, and he's like, "That's so weird that I just like lie down and then I wake up, and time has been like cut out of my life, basically." And that's also something I've been thinking about since I've been a child, how fucking weird sleeping is that you just lie down and suddenly it's over. And it's like, it's like this... It's like time traveling. Yeah, but it's not like, it's not like in a movie, right? Like, it's not like when there's a cut in a movie. It's like, mm. it's, 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 it really is more like time has been lost for you, but it happened. But l- like, you do feel yeah, that it cause, happened. Because mm. you're not skipping it. You're, yeah, exactly. You're just straight up losing it I don't sleeping know, is also you? really nice it's so good. i like to sleep a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> when i can it's great it is nice it's uh but that's like a thing i think a lot of people who struggle with insomnia in some form have that it's like i love sleeping more than anything even though it's like a thing I hardly met or I often don't manage to do. That's why I that's why it's great when it's when it works. What what were we talking about? We were talking about about sleeping, about other bits where like I talked about the bit where uh, Windle tries to sleep and can't and then when death like first sleeps and is like very surprised by it. Yeah, it's very it is very good and I think it I think it's very impactful. Yeah, and 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 that's also like a scene that like stuck in my head since I first read it like but this is always the thing with Terry Pratchett books for me right like it's I rarely remember the specific plots in very much detail it's always like some very impactful scenes that are like I agree with that that, that really stick with me yeah also another one is the the one that you mentioned in summer that the, the, the another scene that really stuck with me is the one where he's like uh and I felt shivers going down uh, my body when I read it again <laughs> was the bit where he's like I cut one at a time that's the that's the only way to do it and I was like damn yeah damn it's highly inefficient it agricultural fast. method yeah he does it fast but, he be, Respect but I, <laughs> I I kind of think like damn I wish that were me because uh, I feel like what what death can and, and I mean of course there's also the thing about like time or whatever but death also seems to be extremely focused whenever he does a task and I was like damn I wish that were me <laughs> he's a professional <laughs> he doesn't get distracted 
He's always done their duty as he sees fit, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. He's such a good character. He has, like, three scenes so far in this book, in, in the bit we're at. Because most mm. of this was uh, wizard shenanigans and some <laughs> some windle time. Uh, like windle time, yeah. I love my windle time. And we, we'll talk about windle time. But <laughs> I was just going to say we had we, we only had, like, a few death scenes but they were all like really beautiful like he his his characterization is like already starting to really come through and it's already like miles behind or or miles ahead of uh, what his characterization in mort was which i also enjoyed but this is uh mm-hmm. yeah he, he he gained so much depth i think depowering him is just like a very a very effective yeah. way to really show who he is as an entity with a personality like the auditors say like outside of the duty of performing death functions you know Mm -hmm. like his Mm -hmm. interest in humanity and how that sort of affects who he is as like a as a person is very interesting they tell him you have developed too much of a personality and have committed crimes yeah (laughs) personality crimes how do you feel about the auditors lucy I think it was kind of funny as a scene, mostly. <laughs> like, mm. just the fact that they're like, once you start developing a personality, you know, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then one of them develops a personality and starts using first person and they immediately vanish him. Or <laughs> he dies or something. And yeah. it's it was really interesting. I, um, the fact that you've asked that question makes me <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> they'll never come they back were... they'll never come back i guess it's just a build-up part thing um no it was interesting it reminded me that azrael thing reminded me of good omens a bit i mean obviously this yeah. predates that but i think it's i'm not sure it does Doesn't good omens is pretty it's... early reaper man's 1991 i think 80s i think so Good Omens. Oh, right. Okay, well, that Good makes omens. Also some sense. Book. Okay, but Good Omens is 1990, and I think this is 91. 91. This is 91. Okay, okay, so it's around the same okay. time. Then it makes then, sense that Azrael is uh, on yeah, Terry's mind. Yeah, it does. I No, I really liked that scene. I thought it was a really, really interesting way to start the book, because it... Like, I had a vague idea of what was going to happen, and it it's very like, like I read this so quickly, like everything in it was just like I barely noticed that pages were going by. It's it it was a real like mm. grip. But you were reading one page <laughs> at a time, right? Yeah, and it still went by so fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not doing it's the like... improper way of reading where you're just like doing this. The sound is not gonna pick up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can I hear heard it. That. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm, I mean, I, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of like what Wendell Poons was saying with, you know, an individual page uh-huh. is last an age, but then pages. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, it is, it, it's very tight, I think. Um, it's tight. Mm-hmm. Because there's no horny setups. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. It's true. There are no honey setups. Wendell, um, Wendell Poons doesn't once say "awuga," uh, <laughs> "bow wow," 
mind them buns nurse that oh. is smoking hot. <laughs> he doesn't say bow wow, but Ritkoli has a wow wow sauce. Oh, he, he does, does have wow wow sauce, yeah. And he and to be fair, sauce. there is there is the scene where Wendell Poons is in the shades and he's like, I'm going to have some wow wow, and then <laughs> um. One of the women who does that looks at him and is like, mm, no, thank you, sir. <laughs> and she runs away. Yeah, we keep hearing that his eyes are like Gimlet, the dwarf, who runs the telecontestant. <laughs> yeah. I found the recipe for wow wow sauce. It says, a mixture of mature scumble, pickled cucumbers, capers, mustard, mangoes, figs, grated wahuni, anchovy essence, asafetida, and significantly sulfur and saltpeter for added potency. Would you eat it? Sounds fucking great. Yes. Yeah, I mean, without the sulfur, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm tasting that sulfur. Sulfur's fine. Apparently, wow wow sauce is a real thing from the 19th century. Really? It's, What's yeah. traditionally in it? Port, wine vinegar, parsley, pickled cucumbers or pickled walnuts, mustard, mushroom ketchup in a base of beef stock, flour and butter. <laughs> sounds all right. Oh, no, that sounds great. That sounds like a sort of more... A more mealy Worcestershire sauce. Yeah. I like Ooh. that. I'm gonna, hmm, might think about doing that one. <laughs> I would never Ooh, use give walnuts, it a go. though. But pickled walnuts, you know? Pickled walnuts are great. Walnuts not are the really... tree bark of nuts, and I refuse to eat them. But pickled walnuts are soft. They're like, um, mm. they're, they, they're just like wet. <laughs> they pick them when they're green. To pickle them, yeah. Mm. But so how do you, like, how do you like feel about uh, pickled uh, scientists? What mm. you know, funny drunk scientists who like pickle oh. themselves. <laughs> I mean, hmm. if it's in the course of a in the course it, it, of a good source, yeah, then it, would you? Would, I think that would be the funniest it, shit I'd ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say on a spectrum oh, of like okay. kind of funny oh. or the funniest shit you've ever seen. Where would you rank it? This, this took this took me a bit. Okay, yeah, yeah I'm there now. I vented. I vented the joke. <laughs> My brain is huge. Okay. My brain is huge. And to be fair, huge. you have to and have a very high a IQ to understand this joke. That's true, and my IQ is decreasing rapidly by the day. So, mm. well, I'm then I guess I okay. will not show you my uh, Rick and Morty tattoo. <laughs> I think we should get Rick and Morty tattoos. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, we're going to get so many tattoos by the time this podcast ends. Oh, my God. I know. We're always promising to get tattoos. It's How, how really many like patrons do we need? 30. Okay. That's that's a low goal. <laughs> it's very low. <laughs> I just, I don't think we'll get it. So I think it's fine. That That's a, this is a call out to you, listener, to join our right. Patreon. 30. 30 patrons, we're gonna get matching and tattoos. And Janosch will get a Pickle Rick tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be some Discord yeah, related surely. stuff probably, but... You get little turtle tattoos, that'd be cute. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I like Mrs. Cake as this sort of character who joins holy congregations and then falls out with whoever runs them and then leaves and because in the process of being part of the congregation she somehow managed to like take on every single administrative task and cleaning task <laughs> that she like causes it to collapse when she leaves i think is a very it's very good it's um very true to life i think for a certain type of like middle-aged woman uh-huh. <laughs> or my dad <laughs> interesting 
hey, there's a there's another uh, interesting character that shows up. It is like in one scene named Rakshu. Do you think we'll see him again? No. Kind of a cool name to just throw it away with just like one appearance in just one paragraph. Yeah. Mr. Reginald he's, he's, he's doing some protest graffiti that says, Dead yes, gone no. Hell yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. I love to be in the dark. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I liked the dwarf oh. gardener in this a lot. Oh, murder. Yeah, he's good. Moto, moto. <laughs> murder, murder is the possibly greatest person. I aspire to be Moto. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. It like, is kind of your be... vibe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, it's great for the compost. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I am, I'm getting an allotment soon. I'm so excited. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. You're literally going to become Murdo. It's going to be That's great. really exciting. Yeah, I... you just become really chill about um, the concept of coming back from the dead because, you know, trees die every winter and then they come back, so it's fine. I'm going to make a Modo cottagecore mood board. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but the, the thing is, like, the, the, the cover of this book is kind of also cottagecore, right? It is a bit, yeah. I hate not, just, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like cottagecore. It's you. It's you, George. You're cottagecore, aren't you, cottagecore? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> You're just a country What, what, what core are you? Let's, I'm not a core Let's all a human uh, invent new aesthetics For each other <laughs> I, uh, Okay, George is um, Mushroom core yeah. yeah I do like mushrooms Someone stamped on she's... all of the shaggy ink caps Growing outside of our house They just smashed every single one That's fucked up That's... This is honestly yeah. a crime Why do people Aww. do that to mushrooms? This is a call out. That's horrible. George's, I think George's archaeologist core. Sorry, George. <laughs> I don't know. There's, more, there's people mean. who are definitely more more archaeologist core than I am. Yeah, that's true. I don't. I don't own any any react reenactment costumes. So not yet. <laughs> and, and no, neither will I. I don't want. I don't want any. Well, if I buy you one, then you'll have to accept it. Go on then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spend no, five hundred quid buying buying Georgia a accurate reenactment costume. Charlotte, Charlotte, you now have to buy me a fully functional suit of plate armor. No, uh, my history teacher used to have one of those. It was custom made. Wild. <laughs> Damn, that's going to be very expensive. <laughs> yeah, he jousted. He still does, I think. Um, I used to know a guy who did um, great sword fighting. Hmm. Like a sort what of about Chad fencing. I tried it out once. Is it any fun? Yeah, it was. But I don't know. I always get bad vibes from like martial arts clubs. They just give me <laughs> bad vibes. Uh, yeah. Too many, too I many wonder men. why. Like men. <laughs> <laughs> what, what could be wrong with dudes who are obsessed with swords? Like swords are pretty Definitely cool. Definitely nothing. Swords are swords cool, are but cool. are obsessed with swords, bit sus. Uh, it's just the, yeah. the one guy I knew who was the most, like, sword sword person was also, like, the worst person I, I've known in my life. Like, he, not not the actual worst, but, like, the most, like, oh, this guy sucks. He was, like, yeah. I think he was, like, he had, like, a katana, and whenever he got, like, <laughs> oh, God. very angry about something, he was, like, smashing stuff with his katana in his room. So... <laughs> 
that. Oh, that's just like rancid vibes. It's so bad. Like truly fucked CSGO CSGO player like energy. And it was like he got yeah, he got angry about either uh the people in the online uh war shooter game. He was like playing like some World War Two video games, uh which is also (laughs) rancid vibes. Which side did he like to play as, by any chance? Oh, hmm. I don't think you get to play as the Nazis in Call of Duty. Are you I doing think the multiplayer? Oh, like... it wasn't Call of Duty. It was like some other really? uh, World War Two type game. But he might have played uh, sometimes at the Nazi side. Who knows? He was like, you know, the kind of person who was also thinks that the World War Two is very interesting, and knowing a lot about the German mm. tanks is very. It's, it's just, it's just, you know, historical interest. Yeah, anyone who studies military history is very suspicious. Yeah. Oh, I think he did <laughs> yeah. study that. Uh-huh. Um, and he was also, he was in my dance team. And the, the thing, the, the other thing he got very mad about um, that made him like smash up stuff in his room with his katana is that he was put on a position that isn't like always in the front. <laughs> Listen, if you're in a team, like uh-huh. that's going to happen. Like that's just teams. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, that's what you. It's a team. That's what you think. You but if no you have such team. an ego that you're just like in it for showing everyone how good you are, it's yeah. just do just do individual ballroom and Latin, you know? Like yeah, but nobody mm-hmm. wanted to dance with him because he sucked. Like <laughs> as a person, it, it it it's it's really not even about the dance skills, which you also didn't have. It was just that he was very unpleasant to be around. This is a this is a funny conjunction of different kinds of guy. Yeah, like, sword, yeah, just like a online gamer guy. sword guy, but also dancing guy. Yeah. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> just remember, oh no, this. but the thing is, because he was also dance, like the you... most like no homo guy in. And yeah. the funniest, the funniest part was where he was like, unironically saying this, where we were talking about like he said that to to show to show emotion in your dance choreography, like. You can you can like mouth along the words of the choreography, but only the parts that the guys are singing. Like no, none of the parts that a female voice is singing, because th- that would be unmanly. <laughs> oh, so he's like a he likes dance because it's like gender, yeah. roles, right? Yeah, that's sort of he track. likes dance because he can be the dominant gender role, yeah. which he's is also the, bullshit the because the gentleman. the like. Uh, the female parts are like much more complicated and showy. Like, well, I mean, there is like a brand mm. of guy who will do dance to meet. Yeah. Also, like, there is a kind of guy who will do dance yeah. just to have like close contact. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've so anyway. We're our official stance is dance pretty suspicious. It's pretty sus. Yeah. Anyway, sword. What if you can't do great sword, but you can only do okay sword? <laughs> hey. No. Hey. Oh, honestly, I have okay. to say uh, uh, just one more sort thing. The it has destroyed my brain since uh, Emmanuel explained to us how like actual oh sword God. fighting <laughs> went. That you weren't like like in actual medieval times, everyone's armor was like good enough that you can couldn't like you know destroy them with a sword. So they just went to go to uh, dealing blunt trauma to each other's heads. <laughs> Yeah, that's what Warhammers were for. It's fight- fighting yeah. armored combatants. Swords are <laughs> not great. Which is, there's even a way of uh, one of the sort of late medieval longsword fighting techniques was holding the sword by the blade yeah, and yeah, yeah. hitting them with the. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's what he said too. <laughs> like I keep thinking about yeah. that. Yeah. It's, you don't see that in any sword fight movie. 
Oh my god. Because it's not yeah, cool. cowardice. Fi- real fighting yeah. just looks like kind of ridiculous yeah. and very quick. And it sounds kind of mm. disturbing. <laughs> it's very very disturbing. A lot of it was a lot of it was like yeah. two armored knights say would wrestle, try and wrestle one another to the ground and then stab each other in a chink in the armor. Yeah. As fast as possible. Mm. That's that's the way it goes. We should see more of that, I think. I think we should embrace tradition. And we should have embrace uh-huh. tradition, reject, reject modernity. I think, um, mm-hmm. yeah, embrace tradition by getting all of our posh people to ride around on horses and then get murdered by by like poor Welshmen with longbows. You may have noticed I haven't said anything about the book because I've somehow instantly forgotten it, even though I just finished reading. <laughs> I have nothing That's to say okay. about it. It's good. I don't know anything, but I can't remember anything. Hey, Colin is in this book. <laughs> hey, Colin's here. Yeah, he's guarding the bridge, so no one will steal it. <laughs> I love the level, like, when, when people from the watch just show up. Usually Colin and Nobby. It's usually going to be Colin and Nobby. And mm. I've, I've read a thing that Terry Pratchett said about the watch, and he's like, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm always hesitant in putting watch characters into non-watch books because I'm always... Uh, it feels like it's going to become their story from that point on, or, or or it should become their story if the watch is there. So I guess that's why it's usually Colin and Nobby, yeah. like the characters who don't give a shit. Yeah, if the, if it's comedic, then it'll be Colin, Colin and Nobby. Yeah. Um, if it's like for a serious political thing, then it'll normally be Vimes and sometimes Angua. Yeah. Like I think in Monsters Regiment, Vimes has got a cameo, and I think he does in The Truth. Yes. And he definitely does in going postal yeah yeah he has vimes uh, cameos a lot in sort of later books yeah but yeah like uh yeah i suppose probably after after men at arms and after yeah after maybe feet of clay as well yeah but it's like him in like political roles i guess and not in like crime solving yes. roles yeah because if, because uh, no. if like colon sees a crime he's gonna ignore it if like carrot sees a crime he's gonna get on it yeah, because I think I think the truth is like a mystery, but I'm I'm trying to remember what his role is. I don't in that remember one. honestly. I I read the truth, but I was gonna reread it recently and then I didn't. Mm. Um, but I'm excited to actually. I wonder it, how much. I think it's quite quite deep. Yeah, I I remember it being quite deep, but I wonder how much of it is gonna be like the newsroom style <laughs> stuff about how journalism is epic, and you know it's just about you know getting the news out and getting the. Getting the facts. Like, I, I yeah. wonder how Libet's gonna You're be. Goddamn basically. newsman! Well, he was a journalist, wasn't he? So he sort of. I yeah. think t- he definitely has a big respect for journalism, which in our in our present exactly. climate is kind of cringe. Yeah. But I, like, like journalism, if it's done right, is great. Yeah. But I think people S- sometimes think they're all the, uh, you know, the, they're all like the the campaigning investigative journalist who's going to blow the lid off this whole thing, but. Then they're really just like writing columns for the Guardian about why Jeremy Corbyn is essentially Hitler. I was gonna say yeah, I really enjoyed just... the bits about the wizards, where it's like the, the senior, the senior wrangler who is always trying to throw in fun facts, like not even trying, just throwing in like some things that talk completely derail the conversation, like stuff about how <laughs> every atom in your body is gonna change. <laughs> that it. It like adds nothing to the conversation, but everyone is like so curious about where he's going that's just always derailing their conversations. He should get a podcast. He should get. He sounds like a podcaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, 
who's the most podcast out of the wizards like who who would be a good combination i feel like ritkuli and the berser could be like a fun dynamic like a fun antagonistic mm. dynamic not very not very sustainable though i think yeah it would last like I three feel... episodes but those would be very good i feel like the dean the dean would have like a really pretentious podcast uh-huh. where he like talks about stuff that he thinks is like really interesting and then the senior wrangler who keeps coming out with like weird facts is like talking to the dean and it's like a qi style podcast where they're like oh did you know this this fact about the jungles of borneo and then yeah that's what they do it's not a very funny one but it gets really popular Mm -hmm. yeah it's popular with like just like british people (laughs) yeah like people who think podcasting is about just like having a radio show you know yeah, yeah, it's gonna be very, pro- very highly produced with like the, the n- not the feel of a conversation. Lib, mm-hmm. lib Dem podcasting, <laughs> exactly. Wizard Brexit cast. I'm always like, whenever there's a best podcasts list, and it's only podcasts that sound so insufferable. Like yeah. it's the New York Times podcast where they tell you the news, but with an opinionated take or whatever. Fuck off. Just listen to the news, you know. Yeah, guys, cottage cottage core has died. the The observer fashion observer fashion section is using it. <laughs> Trend watch, Fair Isle Nets are a cottage core winner. Can I remember when did we did that BuzzFeed quiz about what's your aesthetic, and we all ha- we all got Dark Academia. <laughs> <laughs> I get so upset by Dark Academia. It's so dumb. What's Dark Academia? Oh my god, it's like this weird Tumblr aesthetic. You know Donna Tartt, the author? Uh, yeah, no author. It's meant to be like Donna Tartt style. I don't know why they're so obsessed with the secret history, but it's like about wearing tweed. Um, and like, that's all it is. <laughs> it's about wearing tweed and like blazers and then like reading books. And it's just like, <laughs> that's like- all it is. It's, it's just like book fucker shit again. It just looks like random students you see when you go to Oxford. Yes. Dark academia in Italia. Empty mugs of bitter black coffee balancing on a pile of musty obscure books. Discarded love letters yeah. from fellow poets stained by sticky sweet drops of vodka. Androgynous scholars with a fascination for the mystic and philosophers from ancient times cutting their hair and painting angels during their free time. Oh yeah, my that's, god. That's These people will be the death be. of us. I know. I mean, it's mostly just fun, but it's very... It is very funny that that's what they think academia is, when it's mostly just being, like, you know, exploited. I don't like this... I don't like this obsession with aesthetics, though. Like, aesthetics can be fun and interesting, obviously, and, like, they are a central part of, like, self-expression, but just, just, like, trying to make up new aesthetics and then just categorizing them, I find something deeply wrong with that. I don't like it. Yeah. This is just dressing like a semi-imagined 1950s person. Basically. It's sort of just wanting to be like a romantic poet again. But yeah, it's just a very, an incredibly funny name for <laughs> for an aesthetic to call it dark academia. It's very dumb. This one, this one is just a woman wearing a jump, a jumpsuit. <laughs> it's, it's just like overalls, like, like old, like fairly old military overalls. It looks like 80s or something. Okay. Now I'm also Googling this. Choose your fighter, Dark Academia edition. Oh, and this is from the New York Times. This is from the New York Times, an article called What is the TikTok subculture, Dark Academia? Mm -hmm. Hi, Lucy. We just started talking about Dark Academia, unfortunately. What is Dark Academia? (laughs) Oh, do you not know about Dark Academia? I thought you spent time on TikTok. 
Uh, I, I mean, yeah, but I spend time on like gay TikTok. Oh my god, this fucking post! Oh, is this? Have you clicked on this article? Oh, no, and looked... I know about dark academia. Have you looked at this article and looked I at this see. meme at the top? It's bad. <laughs> so it says, "Choose your fight a dark academia edition," and the first one is Brooke. Uh, I can't describe clothes, so someone else has to do that for me. Uh, but um, uh, it's it's like a tweed jacket. Yeah. I genuinely don't know what the name of clothes are, like, especially in English. And the clues for this or the, the, like, things that they say about this is bullet journals, thrifts all of her clothes and books, collects buttons, only listens to vinyl, drinks coffee 24-7, and then at the bottom it says Ravenclaw, Aquarius, INTP. <laughs> wow. <sighs> just just a combination of things that we love yeah. to see. Stop categorizing everything. Not everything needs to be categorized. This is like so much brain damage in one post. It's incredible. It's like <laughs> the, the dark academia I, thing. I have to assign myself one already because um Sylvia, the one on the right yes. with the baggy gray jumper and the horrible gray school skirt, is a Gemini, which I am also a Gemini. Mm. Um, it is. So I am assigned, makes lots of lists, loves to study in cafes, plays the piano, procrastinates a lot, and only reads LGBT authors and poets. Slitherpuff, Gemini, ENFP. Slitherpuff. What the fuck is a Slitherpuff? Well, it's when you're a Slytherin and Hufflepuff. It doesn't mean anything. I think I'm Vivian out of these. I think I, I, think I vibe with the Vivian one. Oh god, I gotta see what I Vivian is obsessed with Greek mythology, <laughs> only uses black pens. Uh, Last to debate. <laughs> <laughs> Laughs to destroy liberals in debate. Yeah. Smashing <laughs> Vivian destroys libcucks. <laughs> Never wears bright Ch- colors on the right in five journals at once. Slytherin, Scorpio, INTJ. See, that's the other thing. There's only three signs that are assigned. Only Aquarius, Scorpio, or Gemini. So I guess if you're a... What am I? Sagittarius? Like me? You're a, sl- yeah. you a Slytherpuff. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing, because it also says you can be a Ravenclaw, Slytherin, or a Slitherpuff. No Gryffindor. So fuck you if you're a Hufflepuff or a Gryffindor. Well, because it's dark, it's dark mm. academia. You can't be, like, are bright a, and be a dark academia. Door? That's just academia. Yeah, unfortunately, no, all academia uh, is dark. J.K. Rowling's I'm shitty website cunt. assigned me Gryffindor in, like, five years ago. And I haven't, I haven't redone the test, because obviously, <laughs> obviously I haven't. I got reassigned... Slytherin. I got assigned wizard Nazi at birth. Oh, it's so funny though, because like yeah. the Shriekcast also did that, and they also both got reassigned Slytherin. So it's like, I guess everyone's a Slytherin Maybe now. Favor Slytherin. I used to have Slytherin, and now and now I go to Ravenclaw. It's because I'm I I gave up evil, and now I'm smart. Your brain has grown <laughs> since then. <laughs> my brain grew. My brain grew, and I gave up um, rational skepticism. Um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Alright, is there anything else to talk about in this book? Oh, there's a fun concept that I liked, anti-crimes. I found a WordPress blog um, about uh, which the article is Succession characters ranked by how much they hate Dark Academia. Oh. <laughs> That's very <God>. funny. <laughs> See, I'm... On the one hand, Succession characters, hell yeah, I, I like thinking about Succession characters, but at the same time, they're all bad. Like, that's 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 the point. So, 
Yes, they are. The idea of them just like hating Dark Academia is just very funny as a concept. <laughs> Apparently, Tom Tom Wamsgans um, likes of, likes it. the idea of them even knowing about sense. Dark Academia. I know. Yeah. Has anyone asked? Funny. I do have, I do have one more thing. Yes. To say out of about this book, please. So I'm dying. Which is that when I went on to Goodreads to have a look at. Um, like maybe some reviews and I never got that far because I saw the questions instead and norm- the questions are literally there's always somebody saying is this book worth reading is this a good one to start Discord uh-huh. but the one unanswered yeah. question for this is so it turns out that before I bought the book somebody decided to rip page 86 out of this book and now I don't have it can anybody oh who has this edition please send me a picture of that page <laughs> Would be very, very appreciated. And I would love to tell you what year that this question was posed, but the internet on my laptop is given out, so I, I can't. But I could tell them what was on it. I just, I feel bad for that person. Imagine buying a book and there's just a the whole page out. Our copy of Small Gods, the first, I think, 20 pages are half shredded. I know. Like as if they've I, been put through a shredder. I have your copy. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, you gave it to me. I'm I'm in the process of sending them to you. have all my books. Okay. Yeah. It is, I do not know what you've done to half of them because the small gods one looks like someone <laughs> tried to put it in a shredder. <laughs> I don't know. It's been like that for as long as I remember. I have no idea why. Oh, yeah. my, my managed Reaper to get Man, it out of the shredder. My Reaper Man copy is also really battered. I think my brother's rats chewed on it. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate. That's not a bad way for a book to go. Yeah. I just gonna say about these images George posted that I do think the ship would be into Dark Academia for sure. It's the turtlenecks, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I'm just still looking at this New York Times article and there's like some some more incredible stuff in here. Here's an Instagram post I linked and it's, uh, it's called Dark Academia Hobbies. So let's see how many of these we have. <laughs> Write to your future lover your past self, or no, no one in particular, and place the letter into an envelope sealed with wax. Imagine writing. I don't have any <laughs> wax lying around. Yeah, that... I mean, I do have a wax sealed, <laughs> and also sealing wax. You are um, dark academia. But that's just... That's just me. That's that's not surprising me at all that you have that. This is why I hate it. They're all just, they're all just haters. I, I, I do think we... Our the friendship has gotten to a point where, like, nothing you're going to reveal about yourself is going to surprise me. Well, you know, we're all just loving, you know. Sometimes we're dark academia. Sometimes we're light academia. Sometimes we're bad academia. Academia <laughs> That's bad. just how it's got to be. Press flowers into journals only written in black ink. Fuck off. Learn a dead language, <laughs> even when others oppose, while stating its uselessness. Uselessness is written in quotation marks. These people haven't discovered masturbation yet, <laughs> which is why they're doing this. <laughs> Just fucking have a wank. I know. <laughs> it's a much better use of your time than learning Latin, I can promise you. <laughs> <laughs> not if it's no fat November, then you're not allowed legally. I go. Oh, yeah. Um, for- for this that's... November, we're all learning Latin. That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I found a, re- a Reddit male fashion advice column comment thread. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Academia. 4.2k uh, karma. Not allowed. Jeans, sneakers, sweats, hoodies, anything skinny. <laughs> visible logos. <laughs> Fuck. Uh-huh. I'm already failing there. 
our male fashion advice is the worst Reddit. No, this is my no. It's very funny though. Theory. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I like our comment. male fashion because they hate our male fashion advice, and they're also all hype beasts, and I also love all of them. Hype beast fashion's really enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least they're having fun, you know. Aren't they? Yeah. The people who who invented dark academia, I don't think they are having fun. They're having they cigarettes are. and black yeah, yeah. coffee and and like thirty second sex. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I don't think dark academia is about fun. It's about brooding, and it's about oh, the brooding is its own kind of fun, you know. Hmm. Maybe. Listen, don't look down on a good brood every now and then. You just gotta have a bit of a a <laughs> bit of a dramatic moment. Mm-hmm. Look, shall I brood constantly? Do you love it? But I don't know. It's miserable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, do we have oh, more just, thoughts on sorry, the Sorry, just one more paragraph from this no. article. A typical <laughs> okay. post okay. may involve... It's, this is about TikTok. Uh, TikTok's Dark Academia corner. A typical post may involve teens showing off their argyle sweaters to classical tunes, followed by a series of photos of leather-bound books, handwritten notes, a page from Wuthering Heights, and a shot of the, classic Greek architecture. That's, yeah, mm. those are all definitely aesthetics that have no basis in colonialism. <laughs> um, I know I love neoclassicism. There's no problems with it at all. It's good, yes, actually. It's got no, problemat- unproblematic faith. <laughs> Which Discworld um, characters would be into Dark Academia? Maybe Susan. Actually, no, she doesn't faff around with stuff like that. No. No, no I don't no. think so. Although the people who are into dark academia would want to be like Susan. Yeah. yeah. But she I think maybe like act. tea time. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I think um, definitely Isabel, when she's living at Death's house, is like into dark oh, academia. Oh, yeah, she is. Yeah. Is the bursa? <laughs> the bursa is super into dark <laughs> academia. <laughs> I'm not sure he's that aware to be in, you know. I don't think he's he's that connected to reality. Um, no. Anyway... Reaper Man. Reaper Man. Oh, I was gonna, I was Such gonna mention because on the last story. episode we were talking about the the one Goodreads user being disappointed that moving pictures wasn't a scathing indictment of movies in comparison to books, and it's pretty funny <laughs> mm-hmm. that this this book is also just like like just the title Reaper Man is a reference to the Repo Man, the like yeah this uh, shitty action movie. Uh, mm. the mm-hmm. the death plot in this like very clearly borrows from the aesthetic of like uh the man with no name westerns uh like to a point where like what's her name Miss Flitworth whenever she's talking I'm always hearing it in in that like old timey American accent yeah and you from around here street yeah exactly. And then the the whole zombie thing is, and this is gonna be like more like if I remember correctly, it's gonna become more and more like uh, full of references to like classic zombie movies. Yeah. So I feel like Terry might just like movies. You know, he doesn't think books are better than them. Mm. Is that fair to say? <laughs> no, I think mo- so. movies are bad, and this book says movies are bad. <laughs> Movies are bad. If you like movies, then just pick up a book, you yeah. dumb bitch. You're dumb, you probably have a low IQ, which is a meaningful measure of someone's intelligence, um, which yes. is what you should be judging by people by anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. And movies are bad. Read a good book. <laughs> there, there's no such thing as a bad one, because they're books no. and they're all good. <laughs> movies are... Yeah, pick up a... 
Pick up a good book. I've, I would recommend um, a little thing called Name of the Wind mm-hmm. by Walter yes. Patrick Rothfuss, which uh, is a very, very good A little book. series called Harry Potter. Ah, yes. Can I throw <laughs> oh. in a little recommendation called The Art of Asking by Amanda Palmer? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> George, do you want to recommend something? Uh, yeah, a very good book called The Secret. <laughs> I don't know that one. Do you it's have any good. idea how many copies of that book get handed into the charity bookshop <laughs> I volunteer at? Oh, we have to throw so many of them away. <laughs> Those things should all be pulped. Yeah, well, they are. <laughs> it's like we get we get repeat copies of The Secret, The Da Vinci Code. Um, mm-hmm. That what's what's the guy who did? Um, the Columbine documentary, what's his name? Michael... Michael Moore. Michael Moore. Um, we get, like, one of his books in all the time, and really? almost every single Paolo Kahlo book that has ever oh existed. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're, they're so bad. I I read The Alchemist once. It's g- genuinely one of the least pleased I've been with a book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading so, the Wikipedia to The Secret now, and this sounds very... Uh, Excellent. It sounds like I, I need to buy this immediately. It says, uh, "Well, yeah, because you need to know what it the is based is. on the belief of the law of attraction, which claims that thoughts can change a person's life directly." Um, uh, you don't need to buy it, Janos. Just, just like visualize. I just need to visualize this book, and it's gonna appear. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Some, if you say, some... "I know what the secret set is," over and over again to yourself, you'll know what it is. Yeah. Mm. You should visualize to achieve your desires. Uh, yeah. Mm. We should next time, Janosch. Yes. Next time the book comes into the bookshop, once we're you know out of the lockdown, mm-hmm. it's about to hit England. I'll send it. Please to don't. You. <laughs> <laughs> I'm emphatically saying please don't because I will have to throw it away. <laughs> I have to put it in one of those like public <laughs> bookshelves that we have in the city. <laughs> oh yeah. Just before we think? get cancelled for for missing out some books that are better than movies, I'm. Just also gonna throw in uh, Atlas Shrugged and Twelve Rules for Life. Um, check those out. Check those out. Yeah, pretty pretty good. Yeah, I mean Fountainhead. We have talked it. about them on this podcast. Um, Seventy two virgins so by y- Boris Johnson. Mm-hmm. A classic. A classic. <laughs> you you read the Twelve Rules for Life and you'll soon be into the fourteen words. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> 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 Uh, <sighs> yeah anyway. i mean anyway. true <laughs> fairly accurate i love that i was listening to the behind the bastards and the bit where they got to where jordan peterson genuinely <laughs> believes that he's the messiah and his wife has prophetic <laughs> dreams and i was I like know. damn i didn't even know that <laughs> no <laughs> no he thinks, he thinks he's gonna save the world it's terrifying uh, he tried to buy a church it was yeah amazing Oh, well, um, at least his daughter is saving the world from like this potential supervillain. <laughs> she saved us. We should be grateful. Yeah, thank thank um, you, Michaela. <laughs> With thank her, you, Michaela. Her possessed <laughs> Russian husband. Say, so, I'm still thinking about um, when we did the bonus episode on the Shade of Vampire books yes. and the main character had that bullshit psychological disorder. Uh-huh. And when I looked it up, the <laughs> first like scientific papers oh, yes. that were written about it were all by Jordan, Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was nice. about like how you could defeat being like bad at interpreting stimuli by having a high IQ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Yes. Was that his answer? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. His answer? Yeah. To- <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't be depressed. My my IQ is too high. That's literally, literally. what it was. <laughs> but then, <laughs> I wonder. If, yeah, mm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he applies that to himself. No, because he's obviously not dumb, but he's also not. Right. No, I think he's pretty dumb. <laughs> I think, I, I think thinks... he can be intelligent and very wrong. He has read a lot, but like even his his actual conclusions are just like nothing. Like even in oh, his, yeah. like, I've read a big yeah, like article about his first book, like that he wrote before Twelve Rules of Life, and it was just basically no coherent conclusions. Like he's just not good at. I agree. I mm. I don't think he's like a, a good thinker necessarily. Yeah. But also, I mean. I suppose this comes to the thing that there isn't such a thing as a G factor. So you you can't you're not just you are either intelligent or you're not. It's like people are intelligent yeah, in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like and it's like he would say. Um, that. Right. Is there anything else to say about that... this book? No, <laughs> I don't think uh, not so really. Yet. I, never I mean, did. we're we're really at the setting up bit now, and then we can get more into like the meat yeah. of the book next episode. Get I think to talk yeah. about the themes. Um, I will say, uh, although it's not completely finished yet, um, as it stands currently on my poll, uh, can you be skinny and horny? It's 53% yes. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. Um, 12% 12 no. Oh no. And then 35% I hate this podcast. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) I will say I voted for option three, so I'm part of that. Oh no. Well, I guess. Okay. You are the 35%. (laughs) We deserve it. I can't believe you're gonna leave this I podcast now. I voted in <laughs> That's really. That's why you keep getting disconnected because you disrespected the uh, yeah the podcast. It's because oh. I don't want to. It's because I disrespected the podcast gods. The hogs have yeah. grown tired of the swill which we feed them, and they've risen up to eat their masters. Fuck, yeah. they better not. I'm just for the record. I said, "Can you be skinny and horny?" I I said yes. Um. Even though I am yeah, skinny I and I have never been horny, but I, I, I still believe that it would be possible. Yeah. It's maybe in the future. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to give up hope yet. Um, okay, anyway. All right. I think that about wraps fuck. it up. Let's on... unbuckle. Let's unbuckle. <laughs> Let's get off the roller coaster. Um, Let's let our hair this down. Has been, this has been Who Watches the Watch? If you hadn't, if you hadn't <laughs> gathered had that from... <laughs> Because <laughs> you had noticed the this whole was, thing this was our of podcast. what this episode was, absolutely a lot of a lot a lot going on this episode. Um, <laughs> if you want more of this, as ever, you can join our Patreon, where we have lots of fun shit, and we're writing a very humorous young adult novel, which going pretty well. We've got six chapters, which is like so many. But yeah. you can listen to us read them out to you and make fun jokes if you want. By only donating one currency to our Patreon. Or you can donate five, and then we will we will shout you out at the end of the podcast, like we're going to do now. <laughs> hey. Hey, you. Hey. Hey. Listener. If you are one of these people, hey. whose name I'm going to read out now, we are so mm-hmm. thankful for you. I'm so thankful. Uh, to, 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 j- just for existing, you know, and for giving us money. Yeah. Uh, thank you to mm-hmm. Gigantic Larry. Slime Simon. Awooga. Awooga. Boyfriend of the show Tom, aka Hank the Tank. <laughs> Justin Crandall. Awooga. Milk Succubus. Awooga. <laughs> DM. Awooga. And Rise and Grind memes for side hustling teens. Thank you so much for your continued support. Yikes. May you have a pleasant life. <laughs>
may you not die and come back as a zombie <laughs> oh my god that would be terrible be may bad. you not die yeah <laughs> Please don't like, die, die because then we will not be getting your money anymore and that would be upsetting. If you die, just don't cancel uh-huh. your Patreon. <laughs> P- write us into your Keep will. Keep it going. Yeah, put us yeah into write your will. us into your will. <laughs> leave us leave us some some of your cash because we can always do with more. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you want to hashtag join in the conversation, <laughs> then you can join our Discord. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, link in the description or follow us on Twitter where we do great polls that people love and create great content and try very hard to not get cancelled um, <laughs> I do <laughs> okay. I'm, listen, I'm doing my best to not alienate right. our right. audience You're doing on the Twitter job. but every day I'm tempted we- every day the devil stands behind me and and three times I have to defy him in order to not post some bad shit on the Twitter. The the other Discord podcast, the True Shall Make You Fred, said we are great with memes on the Twitter, and uh, I think if that's the reputation we are gonna get in uh, the wider Discord universe, then I'm happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, um, you're like we're not gonna alienate fans on the Twitter, but we will alienate them on the podcast itself. <laughs> yeah, get fucked, fans. Listen. That's just how it's got to be. Because when they're in the podcast, they're in the friend space and they understand that we have only good wishes for them and their loved ones. Whereas on the Twitter, they're like, they might not even listen. And then they're like, what the fuck is happening here? Mm. Yeah, this is the friend um, zone. I will say I spent six, I spent six hours creating fucking humorous video for the for yes. the Twitter, and even though it has almost 500 views, it only has eight likes and I just have to live with that <laughs> Yeah, call to action. <laughs> Dear listener, go to twitter.com slash who watches the W4 and search for this great video. Watch it, like it, retweet it, Share reply in the comments that this is the best <laughs> thing you have ever seen and that Chaz did such a great job. Uh, because she did. Yeah, do a comment that says, we love you, yes. Chaz, you're so talented and I would appreciate that. <laughs> if it gets 100 likes, Chaz will turn herself into a I'm gonna, I'm going to comment this right I now. I will, it'll be epic. Okay, um, any- <laughs> anyway, this has been Who Watches the Watch. Uh, next week we'll be reading the, the next third of Reaper Man. Um, but until then, thank you for listening. And um, stay classy. <laughs> uh, Beyond Strung in the Arm is, is my mm, uncle. Stay alive. He's all of our uncles. Stay uh, alive. Yeah. Um, Stan Weatherwax. Stan, Stan Bildor. Bill, Bill, Bill the door. door. Is Bill is my door. Door Bill. Bill is my door. Uh, Ifaith. Um, Ifaith, um, my uncle. Stan, Nigel. Stan, Wendell, Poo. Sharp retort. Bazinga. <laughs> I guess watch the watch. Maybe um, it might be good. Uh, Fuck turfs. Uh, but when, by the time this comes out, the election will be over. <laughs> so like, live with however yeah. that goes. I hate. Yeah, I hate uh, that guy who won, whichever one, whichever one it is. Yeah, um, whoever won, arm yourselves, I do hate comrades, them. and take to the street to defend your communities or something. Mm. Yes, I, I was. I was born skinny, but I will never be horny. <laughs> yeah, no, don't be horny, but also have a way. Not this <laughs> month. Okay. Next month. Let's this not. Let's bad. not. Let's okay. not tell our followers to. Yeah. No. <laughs> Stop telling your Don't don't get into dark <laughs> I academia. Hate this. this is a bad podcast. Okay, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye lovers. Bye bye.
Good Episode Productions Network podcast. See the website for more details.